I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Are you ready for the news with a side of bell pepper? Seriously, what the f*** are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No, God, please, no, no! With America's sweetheart. With America's sweetheart. Oh, my God! The Queen of Glendale. Glendale. Who are you? The Irish-American tornado. Surprise, motherfucker. Molly McAleer. Molly McAleer. Welcome back to Trend Lightly. I'm Molly McAleer, and I am joined today, as I am every week, by my co-host, Tiffany Maddox. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm good. So forget about it. Tell me about your week with your husband. Oh, it's been a dream. It's truly been a dream. It's been a very, well, it's been both productive and unproductive in one of those sort of lovely ways where, you know, you just watch a load of stuff, like do all of the admin of, you know, shows you want to watch. I made an entire pan of focaccia, which we've been slowly eating over the week, which has been so good. (laughs) What flavors did you go with? Well, I made my own garlic confit. So I just like roasted, I think like three bulbs of garlic and then have been spreading that garlic confit on the focaccia. And it's just a plain sort of like Ligurian, really salty focaccia. So it's like you pour this salt water on it before you bake it. And then you put flaky salt on the top and you use like, I mean, it was like half a bottle of olive oil, truly. That sounds delicious. It was so good. It was so good. I wanted to cry. I'm not a baker by any stretch. In fact, I I kind of, I don't fuck with baking. Yeah. um, It's hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too precise. But the catch is actually quite easy, turns out. Yeah. I'm one of those very intuitive chefs, if you know what I mean. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing. I think my food actually tastes pretty good. I feel like I've gotten a lot of compliments over the years, but I am not a baker. I can't. I fuck it up every time. Yeah, it's too. I don't know. There's something I have this weird thing about people who who bake a lot. Like I often find that it can be spooky to me if somebody bakes a lot there's always like one person you know what I mean no tell me more because I (laughs) I'm I do I also and this is and I'll admit that a part of it is that I'm not good at it so a part of my bias about baking is that I'm just like well who would want to be good at that no but exact people people who are very exact kind of freak me out I think that's what it is I think it's like the meticulousness of it And I often find that people who bake, bake a lot and they bake really regularly. And I just have like, there are certain people who will like bring baked goods to like the first day of a new job or something. And and it always makes me automatically weirdly distrust them when I think it's supposed to do the opposite thing. Yeah. Well, I also think, and this is fucked up and I'll take the pushback. I think it's like a little... I just know that the times in my life where I've been cooking like a lot, I have an eating disorder. (laughs) Like, I just know that it's like a go-to thing where it's like, I, you know, then I don't want to eat it because I've been cooking a lot. And so I'm always like, what are you doing? Making like a sheet of 200 macarons on a Sunday. What are you, (laughs) what's going on over at that house? Cause I know you're not eating them. And like, do they just go bad a lot of times? Like, yeah, I don't know. Cause you have to make it in abundance, right? All of these recipes call for like, they'll do like 12 portions or like, you can't just make a brownie, a blondie, like you have to make it in. So I suppose, I think really, truly, I'm just jealous. So apologies to any bakers out there. I do. It's always delicious whenever I get a baked good from a stranger, but maybe yeah. it is my own jealousy. But yeah, so I did a focaccia, really proud of myself. I also started, I'm, I want to learn how to make filters like, augmented reality filter so I made a little sample one which you saw which was a trend lightly face tap filter I don't even know how you did I was like so I was so intimidated when you sent me that (laughs) I'm gonna make it better I promise but I love the idea of us having our own like TikTok face tap filter because I want to see what Tony baby looks like above my eyebrow yeah did you did you see Post Malone got new teeth did he yeah, my handsome little boyfriend got new teeth. He's oh. so handsome. I'm so happy for him. What a sweet boy. Couldn't have happened to a better person, you know? <laughs> yeah. well, not shout just, out to him. Yeah, not just the new teeth. I mean, like his whole career. What yeah. a sweet boy. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm kind of amazed that you did that. What program were you doing that in? So I used Spark AR, which is Facebook's own software, which is free to download. And like anyone can do it, really. You just basically need to make a PNG and then there are lots of online tutorials you can watch on YouTube. But I think it's because I think it's because Facebook is trying to push really heavily on filters for Instagram. So they wanted to make their API and the, the tools available to lots and lots of creators so everyone can make their own. But I, I would say it's a pretty decent, it's pretty decent. I don't know how I feel about having this Facebook owned piece I of was software. Just on my gonna computer. Say, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Zuck is looking at your nudes. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. That's why. I mean, I feel like Zuck is looking at your nudes for sure. I'm I'll say this, you know, in light of us, you know, entering the fetish industry, mm-hmm. 
I am so glad that there is not a nude photo of me that exists. I am so, I am so glad. Oh, wow. Not a single one. No, no. I think maybe my high school boyfriend might have taken a semi nude of me, but I was underage. So he would Uh, go to prison if it got released, which I'm like, hell yeah. Like (laughs) I would love to send someone as a 38 year old woman. I would love to send someone to jail for being a pedophile (laughs) about, about me. (laughs) But yeah, no, I, I'm glad that you had a good week. I have been like so sleepy. I think I'm growing. Oh, you must be. You must be getting taller. I think I am. I'm growing a few inches and it's very exciting for me. Really no Kim or Pete or Elon this week. I mean, there could be, we wanted it, but. Yeah, but thank (laughs) God. I'm so, I'm so like, I don't know if we could have done that for another week because it was becoming like a job. And I don't know if I can cover that beat for the rest of my life. No, I know. And it's, it's tough because I mean, admittedly, the news cycle has cleaned itself up a bit since, you know, I mean, we are in war times now, so that sounds insane to say, but Mm -hmm. it has cleaned itself up a little bit. I've noticed that, I mean, you can't help but notice when you do a show like this, that sometimes there's just weeks where there's, I mean, there's not, there's a kind of a cult now it's like a dancing cult, but Mm. I, I don't know if I care. Like, I mean, we're not getting that good. We're not getting that good news stuff right now. So yeah. In some ways that's a good thing, but I don't know. We put together a selection for you guys say that I think you'll be happy with. Yeah. It's a charcuterie of news, if you will, a char newsery. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> oh my oh, God. Before we do the actual news, can I tell you a retro thing that I saw yesterday? Please. Have you ever seen the film? I know who killed me with Lindsay Lohan. I think when it came out, it's a fucking disaster piece it was so fun it was the first time I've ever seen it the cameo that blew my mind was fucking lowly girl 15 isn't it oh really yeah she plays one of Lindsay's friends Lindsay's kind of I can't figure out what age she's supposed to be so it's either one of her high school or her college friends I'm it's very they they just don't bother to really (laughs) go into too much detail about time and place but yeah she, and she has a speaking role too. She's not just like a background artist. Is, was, I know you, I know, who, wait, I know you killed me or I know who killed me. Is that about a stripper that gets murdered? Kind of. <laughs> There's a very long section where Lindsay is that well she's dancing on the pole but there's a bit where she's dancing in a ball gown and I'm like what club is this that someone's paying for this right (laughs) it just doesn't seem like value for money if you ask me but there is some uh stripping in it yes what do you think about fetish content on twitch (gasps) what do you mean what are they doing on twitch nothing I'm saying that what is is there a world in which you, I have a Twitch stream where it's just my feet. Oh, that's, oh yeah. Yeah. Is there a world? Because I'm thinking there might be a world like where I have, cause that's, that can't be against the rules. No, but, but they are more like mod heavy over there, aren't they? Because it's like, they're trying to sort of clean up their act. And I know that they come down really heavily on people, even playing like copyrighted sounds in streams and stuff like that. So I'm sure that they're unlike the lawlessness of TikTok at the moment. 
that it could be probably it probably violates something but it's just feet man like yeah if it's just feet then I feel like I could I don't know you could I feel like I don't know why I'm I'm here's the thing I don't want to do the messaging that's the that's my fear about it why I'm what's that's what's holding me back from my fetish uh lifestyle is that I don't, I don't want to message these men. I like, I'll start to be mean and impatient or just ignore them. And that's, I don't know, in a way that's not going to line up with my character. I could do it for you. I would really like to, you know, how much I love making scammers and perverts talk to each other. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, you don't want to, that's a, that's a huge emotional labor. You are getting 10% of my foot career though. So (laughs) if we make it 15, I'll reply to the messages. I just want to retire. You know, I want to retire <laughs> on my feet. Okay. Can we, I've not, I don't know that we've ever talked about this. I think that my previous host and I have discussed this a little bit before, but I woke up this morning and happy birthday. Emily was trending, oh. which always is. It's exactly what you think every time. It's like mm-hmm. some parent being like, my child is dealing with X, Y, Z. And it would mean a lot to them if everyone from around the world could wish them happy birthday. So the tweet said, hi, everyone. I don't ask for much, but could you please wish my daughter, Emily, a happy 22nd birthday, please? She would be so happy. She has Asperger's and hasn't any real life friends. It saddens me to say thanks very much. Thanks very much, much. Emily's mom, XX, hashtag Twitter. And there's like, you know, now it's trending because all these people are saying happy birthday to Emily, which is nice. It's nice because like, you know, the, all the non cynics in the world are participating. And I definitely have participated in things like that, where I've said happy birthday to some five-year-old with no friends or whatever, (laughs) but like, what is up with these? I mean, it's never for the actual recipient, right? No, no way. I, I also think that like with all of these things that tend to trend, there's always like a, not to be like, you know, to Jamila Jamil about it, but like, there's always like a, like a dark undertone, you know, it's like my dad threw a birthday party and no one came. Can everybody wish him a happy birthday? And I'm like, isn't this kind of fucked up of the way we treat old people in society or like my, you know, my daughter has Asperger's and doesn't have any friends. It's like, this is how we treat people who are neurodivergent. Like I don't, I always find it like heartwarming on the surface, but like it evaporates quite quickly. Cause I'm like, this is actually really sad. It is really sad. sad. Like it makes me feel sad. You know, I hate to say it, but I feel like a 22 year old doesn't care if some like random man in Las Vegas is sending her like a, a gif of a cat. Right. And also they don't want a random man in Las Vegas. They want Ryan Reynolds to see it. Yes. Cause do you remember that one kid? I think his name was Keenan who mm-hmm. like got bullied. Cause he had in like, the kids shoved ham down his pants. Mm-hmm. And then he mm-hmm. like, you know, all these like celebrities invited him to red carpet events. And then it turned out his mom like had pictures with the Confederate flag. Like, but like Chris Evans was like, I'm going to bring you to the premiere of such and such. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and then what? Never speak to him again. Like, that's not going to make people not bully him. It doesn't matter if this ham boy is going to the Super Bowl now, like he's going to go back yeah. to school. And if anything, they're going to be like, your mom told the whole Internet you're a lose. I mean, I just remember yeah. I just remember what school was like. They'll find a way to twist anything. If you're on the shit list, they'll find a way to twist anything. Oh, 100%. 
It doesn't matter if Chris Evans was your BFF for the day. No, it doesn't matter. So, but happy birthday, Emily. You know? I know with all that preamble, but truly happy birthday. And, you know, not to be too cynical, but I've been on the internet a long time and so have you. And, you know. Happy birthday to Emily's mom. (laughs) Happy birthday to Emily's mom from Lizzo and the gang. So (laughs) Bella Hadid came out in Vogue article this week and admitted that's the word that a lot of people are using that she had a nose job when she was 14, which is very young. Yeah, considering that she wasn't even allowed to have designer clothes until she was. <laughs> she didn't even get a Louis Vuitton bag until she graduated high school. I mean, this I is know. a girl who worked, right? I know. But, you know, first of all, she definitely has had more than one nose job. Sorry. Bella. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this was like, you know, sort of her, I guess, admission that I mean, I don't know. She didn't really have a choice kind of like this was going to it's like Kylie, right, where mm-hmm. she's like okay, I'll say it. I got my lips done. And it's like, and everything else, like, and everything else, you know? Mm -hmm. So she admits to getting this nose job at 14, which like, I don't, I mean, I even think 16 is young. And I know some people like to get it over and done with by the, before they like go to college and 16 is like technically the age that they'll first approve you. Right. And your, your features are still shifting around your face for such a long time. Like that it's just like a, it's a soup, you know, from the neck up for quite some time, you know, who knows what you're going to look like from 14 to 21, but yeah. I mean, I'm 38 and my nose is still, cha- my whole face is still changing. Yeah. Hundo pay. Like I look younger in some ways than I did years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just the conservative amount of cinnamon in my forehead. It's the, the 28 units of cinnamon, which by the way, I want to ask you, you said on, you did a Botox tour on our trend lately, TikTok. I want to ask you about the mouth corners. Oh yeah. The Dow's. Yeah. Tell me. Cause I'm going, I'm going back in to do more laser. I think of like the first week of April, which means that I could potentially, I have some units left. I could potentially put some in my mouth corners. <laughs> You've got a few in the bank. I really like it. I, it wasn't something that I'd like, well, I had actively considered it, but I didn't really know it was a thing. And honestly, the reason why I did it is because when I had my chin filler, I had to have Botox in the chin to essentially stop the chin from wiggling around so much and prolong the life of the filler. Okay because I'm quite animated when I talk, like my face is quite animated. And the doctor, when he was doing it, he said, well, we could do the corners of your mouth as well. And I was like, oh, okay, if you want. (laughs) He was like, yeah, we'll do it as part of your regular Botox. He said, you've got a slightly downturned mouth. He's like, it's not bad, but it could kind of, you know, it'll help kind of perk your face up. And I was like, all right. So I did it. It is quite, it is quite a risky bit of Botox, that one, only because those bits of your face are involved with the smiling and emoting and I think more than I mean it's risks everywhere right you can get a droopy eye if if you had bad you know forehead Botox or whatever but the mouth corners are um I think even tricky amongst doctors but it was totally fine for me the only thing was when if when you have it they might the size of the mouth might kick in at slightly different times. So you might end up feeling a little bit wonky for like a day or so if one side kicks in before the other, but it, it's a very, a, just a little bit. It's, it's, it's like, it gives like 
root canal for like a day. And it doesn't happen to everyone, but it happens to some people. Um, I think I even, I think I might've even texted you about it. And I was like, oh no. And then it settled down and then it was like, oh no, it's not bad Botox. But yeah, it's, it is really good. It is really good. I think it wears off quicker than other areas because obviously you use your mouth for speaking, chewing, like other such things. So it, it's just a more active area of the face, but because it's such a small area, it's usually just tacked on to when you're getting something else done. So I'd say do it. Tiffany, when I got my first root canal, it was a couple of years, it was my only root canal so far, but I, when, when I got my first root canal, my best friend, Christina came and picked me up because she didn't, I don't know. She's like, didn't want me to get taken advantage of in an Uber or something blue. <laughs> Sorry. My cat is eating a CVS receipt. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and I like, we had to go pick up my, like, you know, they give you like four Vicodin here to re- rebound. And we had to go pick it up from Walgreens. And I kept seeing glimpses of my, my lopsided face in the, in the camera, mm-hmm. the security camera. And I, was laughing so hard <laughs> that my friend was like, Molly, just like, should, do you need to wait in the car? Like, I'm afraid they're not going to give us your medication if you don't. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is objectively it's, very funny. Like, it's, it's so, so funny. funny. It's it's like the best. It's the best. It, so, yeah, the idea of you saying that, though, is terrifying because I just know <laughs> I was like such a freak show. <laughs> And the only thing that helped was that I was high out of my mind. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would need to, uh, I, I don't think I, I am going to, I'm not going to maybe investigate the mouth corner so much, but with the news of Bella Hadid coming out about her nose job, I thought it would be an excellent chance to bring up this TikTok I saw this week that just blew my mind. Um, it's from funny bunny lover 100. If you ever feel stupid or sad, just remember that there was a girl on my due date group who literally thought that her baby would have the nose she got from her nose job. Like she truly believed that that nose changed her DNA and so that her baby would have that nose. This makes me feel better about myself. So the post that she she has behind her says, posting anonymously because I'm embarrassed to ask. This has caused a lot of debate and hoping you ladies can shed some clarity on this issue. My husband is sure he is right and becoming very frustrated and mean to me over this over this disagreement. So backstory, I had a rhinoplasty done before I got pregnant. I made a comment recently that I wonder whose nose the baby would get. And I said, hopefully mine. My husband has a big nose and mine is literally perfect. Well, he is saying that either way, our baby will have an ugly nose since I had a since I had a beak prior to my rhinoplasty, but that doesn't make any sense to me. My nose now is cute. The baby should get my present nose, right? Not my past nose, even though I haven't had that nose for years or while being pregnant. My husband keeps saying that, no, it's what you were born with and compares it to breast implants, but it's something added. It's not something added to my body. This is now part of my DNA. So (laughs) What do you think about that? I mean, God bless her. (laughs) I feel so bad. That is objectively quite silly. It is quite silly, but I, yeah, I remember having this thought, like when I was, I don't know, 20 or something, not that that my, 
my kid's face would change if I got a nose job, but just like how crazy that must be to be a kid born with all of the features your parents tried to erase. Mm. Like, what do you, what do you say to them? <laughs> it reminds me of the, there's a bit in Adam's family values where they're telling a horror, like Wednesday's telling a horror story to a bunch of like waspy girls. And she's like, when the campus woke up in the morning, all of their old noses had grown back. <laughs> like it was like the worst tragedy of all time. I don't know. I mean, I have the world's tiniest nose, so I don't know if I've got much skin in this game. But what do you what do you do? I mean, from what I from what I know, I look a lot like my mother and I don't look like my absent father. But whenever something bad happens to me, like the fact that I'm incredibly blind, my mom will say, that's your father. That is that's not me. Like all of the bad qualities are from him. Yeah. Yeah. I it's interesting because people always tell my mom and I that we're twins and we're both sort of like we don't see it. Mm. And I know what it is. It's our cheeks and our forehead. That's really what it is. But like, I have a different skin tone than her. I have different, like I have my father's mouth and nose and his hair. I have my grandpa's eyes, (laughs) which is kind of funny to say that I have the eyes of a man I've only known as old. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But it's true. I have my grandpa's eyes. And so, yeah, I just, uh, I it's, it is very strange. It is very strange to me that I, the idea of like, I don't know, that would fuck with me. I think if like every, every like prominent feature I had was something that a family member had like washed out of their face. Yes. Yeah, totally. But I think, I I don't know, Mm. would it be better to know that that's what your mother had done or, and feel like you're an anomaly or not? No. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I'll wait. Like if your mom didn't tell you. Yeah. So you grow up and you're just like, why do I look so different to you guys? No, I think that's why so many people are convinced they're adopted. Mm. I mean, and that, listen, that is like, that's something that was kind of a trend on TikTok for a while. I think maybe around the holidays or a little bit before I was seeing a lot of people being like, so I found out that I'm not my parents' biological child and that I was probably stolen from another neighbor's yard when I was a child. Like (laughs) that was like kind of a thing that was going around. I would probably think I was adopted. Yes. Yeah. Very true. But I have sort of like a fantastical way of like coping with things. You know what I mean? So I don't, I mean, I don't know. That's the, that's the kind of thing that just ultimately makes me feel stupid. But this like kind of led me to this other from this wonderful website called the daily mail. There was a story this week influencer 22 who was left scarred and temporarily blind after tattooing freckles on her face shocks followers by going under the needle again to have her lips inked with permanent makeup. (sighs) So what do we think about the freckle trend? With all trends that are transient, like it does give me, it, it makes me concerned much like a BBL or like, like, I mean, a freckle is not as extreme as having a BBL, but making that seriously permanent changes to your face and body to follow a trend is terrifying to me. Yeah. Especially the face. Yeah. And I, I say that as someone's had that eyebrows microbladed, but the microblading fades 
like it fades if you have it done well you you have to have it topped up every you know few years or whatever and I think I don't know you're just in, you're just enhancing a brow as opposed to like getting if I had the microbladed to look like they were soap brows and then suddenly thin brows are back then I'd be a bit fucked but they just look like decent eyebrows but I don't know man you can get little like dotter freckle pens that are really really sweet and then you can wash them off at the end of the day just yeah I mean as someone who grew it's hard to watch things that you were like kind of bullied for bullied for or mm. insecure about come back into fashion like I did an IPL facial that basically blasted off like a good portion of my freckles years ago, but I didn't ever feel like self-conscious about my freckles. I just wanted clearer skin and I don't feel like I, you know, fumbled the bag on that one so much. What I think is extra concerning though, is that this, it seems like it was a quarantine project or something where she got a freckle kit that she used. Like she basically bought a sewing needle and ink online. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm very worried about all of this. Me too. Well, there was a huge rise in those at home, like stick and poke kits on um, Amazon and shit like that. And on eBay, like kids buying them and basically doing their own stick and poke tattoos. And there was a girl who I remember on TikTok was like, um, doing a stick and poke tattoo every day for three and we know whatever. And she was doing a different one on her thighs every day and like learning how to do the tattoos as she was doing them. Uh And I would say that she was not a naturally gifted artist, like a kind way of putting it. Uh And I was like, holy shit. Like this girl was like 17 with like a poo emoji on her thigh. Terrifying. And like, we all had little quarantine projects, but fuck me, like sticking a sewing needle into your face that you bought from the internet. I can't. It's, it's terrifying. I can't say the P word because I'm an adult, but the shit emoji, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I am so like horrified that that exists. I'm so horrified by how many people are drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Like you want a smiling piece of feces on your leg. Like that's like typically when people are drawn to stuff like that, that's like an early indicator of I don't know, psychopathy or something. And it's always just seems so strange to me that that's such like a, like, I don't want to walk through a mall and see like a shit emoji on a t-shirt, like at a kid. That's always a kiosk with like bad phone cases that have like shit emojis on them. And it's like, why, why does anyone need that? Like, maybe if you were like five years old, but if that was my five-year-old, I'd be like, okay, clean it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> am I just but am I a buzzkill <laughs> no no I also hate it I don't know why I call it the poo emoji it is a shit emoji no I mean listen I think then that's what you're probably supposed to call it I'm just like I'm also like I'm being raised Irish Catholic I have a difficult time with like body conversations mm-hmm. like someone the other day said to me that they were gassy and I was like ew shut up I was like, don't say that out loud. And then I was like, why are you like that, Molly? Like, is that because you were raised by elderly people that you just are like very like, you know, protective of your body? Like, I would rather like, I don't know if anything like and if anything in that 
region were to ever happen to me in my life, I would want, I would want, I would want no one involved. I wouldn't go to the hospital. I'd stay by myself and deal with this. Wait. So, I mean, I'm being like super, I'm not, I'm trying not to be judgmental. Like it's whatever, if you have a body, then you're more than welcome to do whatever you want to it. But it does make me concerned that these are like long-term changes, right? Like this isn't like a, this isn't a funky thing, but it made me think about stuff that I would have done as a teenager. And I did pierce bits of my own body. Nips. No, not no. I think I was too much of a pussy for that. But I did, I did my own nose, and I did do extra holes in my ears. That's fine. That's fine, right? Like that's fine. That's very seventies of you. I feel. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I and I say seventies because you know I remember maybe in like you know maybe being two or two years old. And like some of my mom's like guy friends in town, because my mom, you know, is sort of a naturally gifted artist and has a good eye and shit like that. I remember like her male party friends from probably before me existing coming over and my mom, like putting an ice cube on their ear and like Mm -hmm. using a a coke. Yes. (laughs) And using a needle to like get, you know, get a little piercing going for them. And that's the kind of texture I really love about my own childhood as memories of like going to like random people's houses because like they wanted my mom of all people to cut their hair before their wedding. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing I look back on. I'm like, wow, I really did live an interesting textured little childhood. No, I think that's fine. I'm just um, I always was afraid my mom would like kick my ass if I did something like that. Yeah, I think I definitely I hid the piercing in the ears for my mom and the nose was because I had to re-pierce it from when I got it pierced and let it close up. So I had a nose piercing and I have a belly button piercing too. Ah, do you still have it? No, I mean like the, the hole from a belly button piercing never goes away. Oh, interesting. But in my nose, no, I mean, I, I think it's, it's lessened than it has at certain points in my life, like especially times when I wasn't like really religious about my skincare. Like I think that like you could kind of spot it. Like I'd had a couple of people say to me, like, did you use have a nose piercing type mm. of thing? But I don't think you can really see it so much anymore. But yeah, I would go to like, I mean, I would ask permission, like a pussy. And then I would <laughs> I would like go to Harvard Square and I would get if anyone from Ma- Massachusetts knows that tattooing place across the Hall from Newberry Comics in the garage. That's where I would go get my piercings done. But yeah, I I am also because I never was allowed to touch my eyebrows during the like, you know, thin eyebrow phase. But there are a lot of women in our age group who feel incredibly passionately about this mm-hmm. younger generation not getting into the thin, thin eyebrows trend. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about that? I was a I was a casualty of that time and I, I really wish to not go back there truly although I do see it sometimes looking really good on people and it's like great and this was one of the things I mean I don't know if you can call it a trend prediction because I think it was already happening <laughs> when we did our 2022 predictions but I was like thin eyebrows and chunky bangs are coming back but yeah I, I it looks really good on some people. For me personally, I'm just never, ever going to take, I'm, I'm never, ever myself going to take a piece of thread or a pair of tweezers to my own face ever again. I can't be trusted. 
what I mean, but what happened? Because I again, I just didn't, you know, I've always whenever I go get my eyebrows waxed and just like clean them up, you know, what? Why did so many people's eyebrows not grow back? I think it was just like the sheer amount of like continuous overplucking. Like, I think it wasn't just like Drew Barrymore had sick, cool, thin eyebrows. And so like, I'll do it the one time. From what I remember, it was like such a part of the getting ready routine was to not only tweeze the strays, but like to really fucking tweeze, like pull at them until they were basically invisible and I think it's just like the continuous stress on the follicle like maybe it's just that so they just never really grew back properly yeah I think well if anything good came out of the dip brow era of like 2016 Mm. I think it is that like a a medium eyebrow will never go out of style again because we've already seen like the biggest and the worst yes yeah we've seen the biggest and we've seen the thinnest and like Just if you stay somewhere in the middle, you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, guys, let us know where you are with your eyebrows and (laughs) if your baby was born with your nose job. Okay. So this is, this was just going viral on Twitter. This story. Did you see this? The chicken farmer. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's big give week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I I can't wrap my head around it. So there was an Indiana egg farmer who was found, I guess, I don't know. He was like stuck in a, I'll just read some of the articles. So a farm owner from Sherryville, Indiana was transported to the hospital in critical condition late last night with an extremely agitated hen more than half buried in his rectum. Around 1130 last night, Shelby County paramedics were called to see the night part is what gets me. Mm -hmm. What are you doing at night? A chicken sleep at night. Yeah. 
Upon arriving to the site, they found 57-year-old Christopher Adams inebriated, bloodied, and naked on a hen house floor with a loudly clucking five-pound chicken sticking out of his rectum. The paramedics briefly tried to remove the agitated bird from its uncomfortable position, but to no avail, and decided to transport Mr. Adams and the bird to the MHP Major Hospital. According to Dr. Thomas, who extracted the bird from an extremely delicate seven-hour surgical intervention, both the man and the animal would have died if they waited longer. The bird was dying of suffocation when it got here. It had already badly lacerated the patient's bowels in a desperate attempt to get out while still gashing at it like crazy. The hen was finally extracted around 7.30 this morning, suffering only minor, minor physical injuries from the ordeal, while Mr. Adams necessitated seven blood transfusions and more than 780 stitches. Dr. Thomas says it's a miracle that both the farmer and his animal are still alive and question what caused the bird to get stuck there. I don't really know how the bird got in there. Both the getting out was so complicated and damaging. And I can't imagine that getting it in could have been fun either. Dr. Thomas, who extracted the hen from Mr. Adams' rectal cavity, says it's a miracle that both the man and the animal survived. Mr. Adams hasn't regained consciousness yet to explain his version, but the Shelby County Sheriff's Department and Animal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty have both launched an investigation on the incident. Uh, the ASPCA has taken the hen into custody for the duration of its investigation and will treat for any possible symptom of post-traumatic syndrome. <laughs> I mean, I've got a few thoughts. I mean, one, definitely not real, right? But let's proceed as if it is. Two. You think this they- isn't real? Yes. <laughs> what about this doesn't seem like it's real? I, th- I 100% believe this. I want to know who, if he was unconscious at the time, who it was that found and alerted the authorities to this going on um, and which state he was found in. Um, Indiana. <laughs> oh, you mean what state? Like, yeah. Was he lying face down on the floor of like a large hen house w- with his bum in the air and the chicken sticking out of it? The other thing is th- the thing that's confusing me is. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So fine. They, upon arriving at the site, they found 57-year-old Christopher Adams inebriated. Fine. Bloodied and naked on his henhouse floor. Fine. Okay, great. With a loudly clucking five-pound chicken sticking out of his rectum. For the chicken to be clucking, then I'm, at first I imagined it going in head first, right? Yeah, he's a big boy though. So this is the thing. Like the chicken might have had some room to scream. Okay. Because I'm thinking about it the other way now. And that's funnier to me because it's in feet going in feet first. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's funny that you question this because I absolutely did not. You think this is fake? (laughs) Yes. Why do you, why do you think that? I'm so convinced this is the realest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Because the picture is hilarious because they've blurred this man's face out, but they've put a picture. I'm surely this is violating a HIPAA this is a HIPAA violation. Actually, that's a really good point. (laughs) The other thing is the fact that the animal's being treated for PTSD. Well, uh, ASPCA would absolutely do that. Okay. (laughs) I also don't think it would survive. And I'm going to do a reverse image search of the picture to see if it's appeared anywhere else. 
this man, there's no way that this is okay. So I saw another one on daily mail this week of a woman who had like a glass tumbler lodged in her uterus or something. Mm -hmm. Totally believe that. And it was like an older woman. And like, she went to the hospital saying that she was in pain. And then like, they x-rayed her and they were like, Ma'am, do you want to tell us anything about the glass tumbler we're seeing on this x-ray here? And she's like, yeah, I was using it as a sex toy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think a tumbler traditionally is a word used for a very large glass. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, listen, God bless. I mean, this this thing with the chicken. I mean, I think this I don't know. I think this chicken story is real. I do. I want to see it on the Daily Mail, though. Like, that's when I'll know it's real. The Daily Mail or the Sun or something equally tabloidy. The thing that threw me off is that it hadn't been on the Daily Mail nor the Sun. And this would usually be bait for them. So why aren't they posting it? Why is it on the New Jersey Chronicle or whatever? New I Jersey mean, Brief. yeah. Well, I mean, this guy that tweeted it, his his bio is kind of a mess. Proud Democrat, patriot, writer, filmmaker slash producer. Nonprofit founder, supporting women filmmakers, drummer, biker, candy man. <laughs> so I will say that it does seem to me that this is the bio of someone who would not be posting fake news. No, no, they seem very reliable. That's true. And so I'm just a little, I mean, I'm devastated that you think this is fake, honestly, because I w- I'm 100% convinced. <laughs> and the glass tumbler thing. I just started thinking like maybe people need to have like more access to sex toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it is just maybe it's the, the taboo of the object of it all. Right. There could be that. Mm-hmm. There could be that. But I mean, it's far from the first time we've heard of like, you know, inappropriate behavior with livestock. Very true. Especially out there in the wilds of Indiana. Yeah. Like, you know, there's not, you can get out there. You're in some, you're in corn country, baby. Like you might not have a neighbor for miles around, which is probably why, I mean, he brought his cell phone out there and called the cops on himself. (laughs) I want to hear the 911 call. These are the things I'd like to verify. Oh, that's actually a good call. call. Yeah. Cause Indiana, like that's all public. So I probably could have, yeah, I probably should have. And if I had even doubted this story for a second, I probably would have looked up the records. If it is true, I want to, I just want more. I want more information and I just need more. I wish that I had looked it up. I can't believe that you're, you're pushing back on this. I mean, like, I'm I'm glad I want to believe it. I really do want to believe it. No, you're right. I mean, like, let me just look up like Shelbyville chicken and rectum. (laughs) This, I cannot be making, I mean, this has to be real. Um, I mean, listen, well, he has all that. He has all those eggs. That's what I'm thinking is like of all of the things at his disposal, the, the full chicken is what he goes for. So there's like, there's, I mean, Reddit obviously isn't, oh no. This, so this post has been removed by moderators of not the onion. So I don't know, like this is so it, not the onion didn't think this was oniony. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the problem with this is that it, there's definitely there's no one reputable really reporting on this <laughs> Atlanta news media. I mean, I could ask our supervising producer, Nicole Matthew, if there's such a thing as as this. 
I don't know. I totally believed this. I was like, are you getting anything on the reverse image search? No, no, I haven't. I think maybe because the face is blurred, but I, when I when it came up, it um, came up as an image for cesarean section. And I was like, no, that's a man. Yeah, it is a man. It is a man. I'm well, you know, I mean, guys, I guess, I guess the moral of the story is that there's still fake news out there, but yeah, no, it's uh the chicken thing. It's interesting. I, I, I do feel like this is a guy that probably, I mean, I think it's more than just the chicken though. And the tumbler, the tumbler, especially. Mm-hmm. You're telling the me someone's writer. getting getting off on putting a glass cup in there. I mean, no, actually, that sounds exactly like some something someone would get off on. Are you kidding? Oh, the other part too. No, no, no. Tiffany, the best part of it was that she what she didn't stick it in her like vag. She was sticking it in her pee hole. No. Yeah, she was sounding with a glass tumbler. Oh. Yes, I know. I don't even. I actually don't even think that there's a way in. Wow. On a woman? No way. I don't even know where I don't even know where my urethra is. I don't know where it is. And I'm not looking in the mirror. So don't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I've just I've just got a hit on the reverse image search stuff. Okay. It saying that this image was first posted on but they're all like bizarre sort of websites that I don't really want to click because they've got sort of strange like .ar.az. But anyway, the first appearance of that image was in 2014, October 17, 2014 on some like news detail picture. I think it's like a generic. And I've got a picture of some of it unblurred and it's actually a woman. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah, sorry. I got the cesarean section. I feel bad. I feel like I've ruined Christmas. No, you didn't. I mean, if any of you guys know him, reach out. If anyone can confirm, get him on the pod. If he gets a cameo, we'll buy one. That's what we do. So there's a new pickpocketing scheme, according to, I don't know, this might be fake too, uh, but there's a, a clip right here I found on TikTok of this Venmo pickpocketing scheme. A Florida woman wants to warn people about this new kind of pickpocket. A child stole thousands of dollars through her Venmo. The woman was walking her dog and what looked like a 12-year-old boy approached her. He asked if he could use her phone because he was lost. He used it for about three minutes and then handed it back. She thought nothing of it until she got a bank alert. The boy had sent himself nearly $4,000 in two Venmo transactions. She contacted Venmo and learned that he had set up the account 30 minutes before they met. So what do you think about that? I mean, it was a matter of time, wasn't it? Before shit like that started happening. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. God, these kids are so smart. Yeah. They are smart. It's also like, what do you, did he set the vent? He's, oh, he set up his Venmo account 30 minutes before they met. Mm-hmm. Is that what she's saying? I mean, this is, it's no 420 OG Bobby Johnson 69. <laughs> That's for sure. But, I, oh, but would they, I don't know, because I don't have Venmo, because we don't have Venmo in this country. We've only got Cash App, which I know like repulses you. But like, do you have to, is that like a waiting period with Venmo? Like, do no. you need to like, okay, so you don't have to like verify what they'll do is that they will like before you send someone money, if you're especially if they're a stranger, they'll ask you to like verify the last four digits of their phone number. But if you if it's you sending money to yourself, you obviously know the last four digits of your phone number. And sometimes you can even bypass that and say, like, oh, I don't need to know. I'm just I, this is the right person. Send it anyway. Oh, 
shit. I wonder if he was able to cash out or if they, you know, I mean, how do you stop that shit from happening? Not lend your phone to people. Yeah, I can. I couldn't allow anybody to touch my phone. Or you could have one of those like Chris Watts things where he hit all of his significant others, his significant others, his mistress's secret pictures, mm-hmm. you know, like he, you could have probably an app that you hid them in within your, within your phone, which might be smart, but it, especially if you have like a phone that you're going to like give to someone to use even briefly, mm. but like, you don't want to tell some 12 year old kid who's saying like, hi, I need help. I'm lost. You don't want to be like, okay, give me your, give me the number. Yeah, no, Hundo P. Also, the brass neck on him for stealing 4K. It's a lot of money. I know. I would have, I was like, what do you need $4,000 for? In fact, it's so much money for a kid that you wonder if he was like put up to it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Cause I'm like, I can imagine a kid naughtily sending themselves like 50 or $100 or something. But like two transactions up to 4,000 is wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a limit on how much you're allowed to spend, like to transfer on Venmo at a time Mm -hmm. or even within a week. And so 4,000 could honestly be the daily limit. Wow. But the idea of anyone moving, by the way, if you're moving $50,000 through Venmo a week, get help or at least an accountant. (laughs) Yeah. Get something else. Like there's no need for that. There's no need. But yeah, I thought this was like, just like a fascinating little turn because I don't know. I mean, do they do this on cash app? I like actually had a thing the other night where I was gambling (laughs) (laughs) and I transferred money to the person that was putting in my bets for me and I did it private. And I said, I want to be clear with you. If I win, you have to send me back my money private. Like Mm -hmm. I do not. I don't do a public Venmo transaction. Maybe there's been a couple ones where I've lacked discretion in the past, but I don't want anyone to see because there's so much stalking that goes on on Venmo. Yeah, you sent me that TikTok. Was it a TikTok about the person who was looking at couples who Venmo each other for like the pettiest shit? Yeah, they actually did a great story about this on Reply All like probably four or five years back where people who were, when Venmo was like, you know, maybe a couple years old, there was a story where someone had noticed that this couple, these two women had been like sending each other, you know, a hundred bucks here, two fifty there for items such as like half of couch or mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And basically like their breakup story unfolded on Venmo because all of these people were seeing them split their possessions or pay each other back for like the other half of something. Oh, wow. And they did a interview, but like it's uh, the TikTok. I think I posted it to our Instagram, a big thing you'll see. And it makes me so uncomfortable. And this is, I guess, where I want to know, like why people might do this. You see this a lot with couples where like they'll be fully married couples and they'll be they'll be Venmoing each other for like, you know, coffees and stuff. And like the idea of being like nickeled and dimed. by Oh, no a spouse is like, absolutely not. Yeah. I, I'm very much in the same camp with that kind of stuff. It makes me so uncomfortable, (laughs) but especially public, like what's the point of having public Venmo transactions? Like I, I don't understand, like, especially when someone I don't really know because maybe they have my phone number or maybe whatever they add me as a friend on Venmo. Baby, I'm not here to make friends. (laughs) 
Like, what do you feel like you think we're going to be friends on here? Why? So that I can watch what you spend money on. Like, yeah, I would, I, it makes me uncomfortable that I can even see that. So I always deal with like a private transaction, but I wonder what kind of like little diary it is representing to some people. And like, I remember one time I had a, uh, I think I had a task rabbit and I wanted to give him a tip and he said, Oh, you can Venmo me. And I was like, cool. Okay. And so I Venmoed him like 50 bucks or something. And then after I'd sent it, a list of his transactions came up and like the next one was from like his friend. It looked like just like two dudes, you know what I mean? And it was for 25 bucks and the description of what it was for was pussy. No. And like, I know that that's obviously it wasn't for, you know, I mean, maybe it was for pussy, who knows, (laughs) but it was like, oh, see, like, that's why you have to do private. Cause like, if you're going to make jokes like that, mm-hmm. you have to, you can't, you can't tell someone who's sending you a tip professionally. Oh yeah. Like my friend tech, you know, Ben me for pussy the other day. Why don't you join Mm-mm. the party? Mm-mm. Absolutely not. That's, oh, that's horrible. I think I would honestly rather somebody see my nudes than see my financial transactions because I remember once I got a call from the bank and they said that my spending pattern was similar to that of a scammer. <laughs> oh yeah, that's happened. That's so embarrassing, by the way. I've had that happen oh. to me too. It's yeah, so, oh, yeah, it's you're so embarrassing. So embarrassing. So the other day I sent Tiffany a screenshot because I think Magic Castle liked my oh no was it carousel or magic castle one of them liked my tweet saying that i think there's like a i think there's something going on there mm-hmm. and i was shocked because i was like this seems like an admittance mm-hmm. that they're liking this tweet from way back about how if you guys haven't heard this there was like multiple reviews i was finding where people were like Oh, I stopped into Carousel on the way, which is for anyone who doesn't know, Kim Kardashian's father's favorite Armenian restaurant. And it's delicious. I've been there many times. And it said like there was multiple reviews that said I was on my way. I was on my way or I was coming through L.A. to go to the Magic Castle and I stopped into the nearby Carousel. And for me, I'm just like, You have to be coming from like Riverside or something. If you, if that's where, like if the magic castle, if carousel and Glendale is on your way to the magic castle, which is like a good LA five miles away. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's not probable. It's not probable that you would see more than one person. And they liked my tweet and I was like, what are they in on this together? What is your update? Did you find more on TripAdvisor? I did. I want, I was curious because all of this activity of the mentioning of the magic castle in the reviews was all over on Yelp. And I was like, does this happen anywhere else? Is there a pattern here? Can we go back? Can we go deeper into the matrix? And it turns out that there was a review on the 20th of February, 2017, which is, it has it in the first line, visiting the Glendale area for a trip to the magic castle. No, I mean, this is insane. Like you guys, If anyone lives in LA, there's no, you're not visiting the Glendale area for a trip to the magic castle. Also, like you can't even really get into the magic castle unless you know the right people. Like it's not some place that you could just like go on vacation, you know, like you can't Mm -hmm. fly into Anaheim, 
go to Disneyland and then go to the magic. Like you just can't like you just do your average person cannot do that. And Glenn and you're stopping in at Glendale. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Does anyone does anyone have any idea? Please, someone help us. I mean, I could start making phone calls, but I think it'd get really hairy. <gasps> oh, here's the thing. So the person who wrote this review of Carousel and mentioned Magic Castle also reviewed the Hampton in and sweets and again the the review begins as follows after a fun-filled evening at the magic castle in los angeles we returned to the hotel just after midnight no two mentions of the magic castle but here's the thing they stop they stop reviewing in 2017 this is the last review they reviewed 2014 2015 2015 2017 and then post carousel there's a few more and then that's it so like who took them out did they know too much i think so i always do i also worry that someone passed away when i see that yeah i run into that a lot on imdb but like no i I'm so confused by it because there's such specific locations. Also, I feel like if you're going to LA to go to the magic castle, you're probably not staying at a Hampton Inn. Mm-hmm. Cause like my only experience with the magic castle was like, we had a very good hookup to get in my ex-boyfriend and I like, meaning that he was close with one of the magicians, which I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> and then like the whole thing there is that it's a very strict dress code And like the men must wear jackets. The women must wear like dresses, but you're, I think like I wasn't allowed to wear my jacket in because there was like a small, it was like a Philip Lim jacket too. It was like a beautiful jacket. I wasn't allowed to wear it in because there was like a small pocket on it or something. And you're not allowed to have visible pockets. And so I was like, okay. And then I like, we went outside to smoke a cigarette and it was like freezing cold. And so my boyfriend gave me his jacket to wear and like security came over and basically like threatened to kick us out. Oh my God. Because like, they were like, he has to wear the jacket. And he's like, my girlfriend's cold. Like, can she just wear her, my jacket while we're smoking? And they were like, no, you have to, you have to put your jacket back on, sir. And it was just like, we're, we were like, we're outside. He's like, your jacket needs to be on, sir. Oh my God. Yeah. It was very, it was like, he, like, I, I felt like we were close to getting manhandled at the magic castle. Wow. And this person's just going to a Hampton Inn. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, if you're close with one of the magicians and that's how they're treating you, mm-hmm. I can only imagine. I mean, listen, I don't think this person but why the magic castle? Why? Why? I'm so confused by it. We'll keep an eye on this. Also, magic castle. And is if like you don't like hear a, from us again, then you'll know what happened. It's kind of like a freak show. Like, it's kind of like a freak show environment. Like, I can't even imagine who would want to, like, go there. I, I mean, that's maybe that's just my bad attitude. But <laughs> like, I am. I wasn't like it was I never in, in all the years I've lived in L.A. I've been to so many exclusive places that are like, you know, no one gets in here. I've been to all of them. None of them are that impressive, like none of them. And I don't remember ever being like, ooh, Magic Castle. Like, if anything, I think I went mostly because I'd be like, I, I, I thought I'd maybe have fun making fun of it. 
Yes. Yeah. It feels like something you do is sort of in a slightly ironic way. That said, when I come to LA, I would love to go to Carousel and the Magic Castle. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't think, I don't know if I'm even welcome in the Magic Castle based off of my experience there. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about David Dobrik. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah, we have to check in with him every week, I guess. I mean, this David's always fun for me, though. I never feel bored the way I do with Pete and Kim and Kanye Mm -hmm. and Elon and Grimes. Uh, David is I mean, I'm just fascinated by him in like a way that is unique to some of these people, our recurring characters, my favorite little slut, my favorite little whore. (laughs) You posted this video here. Is David Dober quitting YouTube? Let's see. Something you want to share with everybody? Sure. What do you want me to say? I don't know. Yo, you always say I don't share a lot, but I was thinking about it. I feel like I share a lot. I didn't say you don't share a lot. Oh, okay. Because you're always like open up and stuff. Oh, yeah. I think he's always good to open up. Okay. So just for context, you guys, they're in like this. David's big thing that he wanted to do after like he wanted to transition from vlogs. It was very well known that he wanted to be like the next Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think that so there's talks that that in the Casey Neistat documentary, he pitches a show to Netflix and you see the pitch and someone who had recapped who had seen the documentary and recapped it on the H3 subreddit said, like, the important thing to know about David's pitch to Netflix, which you get to see a little of, is that it's just a bad pitch. Like it's a poorly thrown together pitch. Like maybe he was a little too confident and thinking like, this is not going to be a problem. Like I've got a camera crew. I'm David Dobrik. They're going to want this. And so I think it was to do sort of a talk show style thing with views, which is funny because the guy who blinded, he blinded practically Jeff Wittick. He actually did have his barbershop show was kind of like a offbeat talk show format. And so David, like, I think probably was pitching views, but what we're looking at here is we're looking at a set that's been built in his home. That's it's it's a pricey set. This is not cheap what they've built here. And David's there in a, he now wears these bright blue hats with smiley faces on them, which is just like propaganda 101. And then (laughs) Jason Nash, this, you know, 48 year old man, who's wearing a rolled up olive green khaki with large white tube socks. I mean, he's got a nice full head of hair. I will give Jason that, but yeah, this is like kind of the setup of what we're doing. Everything in the room. It's like children's books. Like David's laptop is incredibly, I'm surprised that they even went, he went with the stickers he did on his laptop because it's all very branded stuff. Like there's a little iron man on there. There's a minion. There's a, I don't know. Yeah. So like, that's all, that all seems like, you know, antithetical to getting, to getting licensing for any of it. But, and then this strange sketch of a giraffe that I don't know who gave him that, but yeah. Okay. So picking back up here at 15 seconds, Joe, ask me a question. I'll be completely honest. Mm. Do you want to give up YouTube? Um, yeah, somewhat not, I don't know. I, I kind of do. Kind of don't. I feel like I've done it. I don't know. I don't know how to answer this in like the sweetest way possible. There's different days where I do and different days where I don't. Like I'm so happy with the videos I've created and I made so many of them where I'm like, I've 
completed everything I wanted to finish on YouTube. Like I'm like really content with those videos and like that's it. Like I do want to put a bow on it and wrap it up and be like next next thing what else can I do? Can I go fishing? Right. <laughs> Whatever it is. I don't know. Um but yeah. And also I'm not in the same like mindset I was before. What like, was what was that mindset? It was like full blown fucking happiness. And you couldn't penetrate it. You couldn't fucking penetrate it. My least favorite question is when people would come up to me and they'd go, what's the real David like? <laughs> and I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'd be like, this is it. Like what you're getting. It's like, it's like, yeah, but like the YouTube video is like, it's not all real. And I'd be like, yeah, no, neither is a fucking film or a TV show. But like the process of making it is real to me and that's so fun yeah like the process of of filming a montage at coachella yes we're not going like this the entire time at coachella <laughs> but like it's like filming anything i think that's the problem that's the real me is making that i think that's the problem is that that can't be the real you god you're one of them like you never um you weren't you don't have but a real you but jay i don't think that's fair why? Like, because, like, how can how could someone ask me what the real me is? The real me is the same as the real Joe, the real now, the real Jason, the, the the real you. It's like you were different when you were twenty. You were different when you were thirty. You're different now. It's, yeah, you're consistently the real you. You're just yeah. a different age with a different perspective. Like that's not fair to assume that your final form is when you're forty five and you know everything. Every step of your way is your real you. Maybe that can't be someone's reality because it's not reality. But why? Why is creating not a reality? Okay, just pausing mm. here really quickly. What is going on here? I find this incredibly insightful. I, I do too. I mean, it's I actually find it to be pretty profound myself. I can't really place my finger on what I'm witnessing now. Because mm -hmm. like, I think this boy, I mean, like, God, it, it sucks because I really, I, I want to like say things like, I think he's very stunted, but he's had so much time to unstunt himself. And mm -hmm. of course, I feel like this is a lot of this is like laying the groundwork for, I think this is laying the groundwork for him making an exit as this film probably ruins his career. Agree. I, this was the vibe I got, which was that he's getting ahead of the conversation and planting the seeds and sort of like, I mean, I think he's been, he's been backing out of YouTube for some time anyway, like the pace and the kind of ferocity of the videos has kind of been pared back and pared down obviously since all of the scandals, but this is like, this feels like a sort of a closing of the door gently yeah. And it's tough because like, he's trying his best when he said, can I go fishing? When he said that, that felt like something that you would hear a 55 year old man who has just hit the ground running since he was 16 years old, say, mm -hmm. and it would be charming from a man like that because you're like, yeah, it's like early retirement. You deserve it. You know, like this is something you say to someone that like gave up his children's childhood, you know, and you're watching a 25 year old say, can I go fishing? And it's like, your life has been fishing. Yeah. Like I, it's, I, I also will say that putting out daily videos, I had to do that when 
I was working at Defamer and it was boot camp for my professional career. Putting out a daily video that was going to be viewed by not just like eyes, but very discerning, like Gawker, basically. Like mm-hmm. imagine, imagine putting out a, a two and a half to five minute video of yourself on Gawker every Monday through Friday for over a year. That mm-hmm. is like, that's commitment to go and find something creative to do every day. Cause I would film them after work, but like, you know. I would, I was off. My boss yelled at me once. He's like, can you stop doing so many food things? And I was like, no, this is when I have to eat dinner. Like I literally yeah. don't have any other time. <laughs> it's like, why are you always eating on camera? I'm like, cause I don't have time to eat. When else am I going to do it? And so, yeah, like part of me was just always like, you know, I, I, part of the reason why I have always been fascinated by David is because I know what he's doing. Like, I know how hard it is to go pull magic out of your ass. Like, especially when he was first doing it on like a shoestring budget, you know, Mm. but you know, watching as it's grown, it's like, and the fact that he can't even answer, like, who's the real David? Like, I, I mean, I think I might've had trouble answering that, but I don't think I thought I was pulling off anything nearly as complicated. And I was always the one on camera. One thing I've noticed a little bit about him, because I, I watched the whole episode, is that his humor is really subpar now and kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like manic laughter in the room to compensate for the fact that he is making these sort of like lazy jokes. Whereas I feel like he used to just be much more like on the money, mm. you know. And that happens just because he's done though. Like he's just kind of like. I think he's out of practice and I don't think that he's surrounded by the same people that he used to be. Right. Like the, all the, all the people in the room right now are his yes men. Do you think that he'll like make an official exit before the documentary drops? Well, I don't know what he's going to do with this podcast, you know, mm. because this podcast is like, this is Jason's like big money maker, I think. Mm. Cause Jason's channel doesn't pull crazy money. And so I think that like, in a way, like when Jason's crying throughout half of this episode, (laughs) I think it's more about his paycheck than anything. (laughs) But what did you, what did you get from that? Like little moment that I think that like the, the shine has been buffed off. Like he seems kind of done. And I think that he seems probably the most honest I think I've ever seen him. Like I'm not a big watcher of him, but that there's something disarming about how he's actually quite vulnerable in this moment. I think he's just, I think he might be done for a little while. And I think if he's going to step away, he should probably step away like properly, like really, truly properly step away and he will be back, but I don't know. I I worry about everyone talks about how he has this like long money, you know? And I feel like he's probably lost a lot of money in the last year, like a lot of his deals that he was re- like his tequila and, you know, his, his pizza place, like, is that ever going to open? Mm-hmm. Like all of these sort of business dispo, like I'm sure he's still earning money from dispo, but you know, I'm on all of those terrible little gossip boards and stuff. And I read someone saying that like, oh, Casey has a lot of companies with him. Like there's basically, there's no way Casey's like invested in a lot of companies with him. They must still be friends before the documentary came out. And like in reality, someone else commented, and this is the truth. 
in reality, like you can take someone off of any board if they're a liability to the company. Hell yeah. Like you can completely remove someone's involvement, their investment, everything, whether they get bought out or whether they're just voted out. Like there's actually, you know, the, the idea that you're stuck with someone because you're in business with them is like not a reality. So I don't know. I want to pick up here a little bit more. Because well, it's not it's not something that you can really, everybody can relate to. What does that mean? I can't relate to astronauts, but yeah. that does not, I'm not going to go and be like, <laughs> you're not really an astronaut. <laughs> like, you can't be an astronaut. What's the real you? Are you just saying because like. It's not true. Like the real you, for instance, um, when you had a girlfriend. Okay. Um, and when you broke up. Yeah. You were upset. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. And we all were. Yeah. And um And that, you need that, to get her back. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and and you know, but that didn't that wasn't in your videos. Like there's a part of reality that wasn't included. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Yeah. It's not the real oh, you. Okay. Yeah, but that's still that's like that's kind of a bit, in other words if i watch one of your videos it's not a 360 degree angle of me totally so what, the, so what i'm saying is that question is valid so it's like if i watch one of your videos and i get you know a, a, a fast car okay i get some hijinks with Ilya, and i get some funny jokes with natalie i'm like cool he seems like a cool guy and then i see you at a party i didn't know that's what you that's what people wanted like am i <laughs> yeah i think sometimes? that's what people want they're like, like gosh no shit they want to know the, <laughs> they want to know the real you yeah well i, I think, think people literally didn't think no shit i think people literally just assumed that I mean, you're we watched that's a good point where the reality people don't like conceptualize the fact that like four minutes does not actually equate to a full week of time you know like they just see that and that's all they oh, get I, I, you know yeah i guess i i Okay, I, I get your argument. I get it. Yeah, 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 and I get yours. But it's also, like, but it's also like, who cares? <laughs> like, like, well, they do. They asked. Well, because right, but yeah. but I guess that's what would bother me is like, why do you care? Like, just I don't know. Well, that's an interesting side of fame for for sure. Like, I would pay so much money to find out what Dave Chappelle is really like, because I'm crazy for him. Okay, I gotta stop. This is like. I mean, he's such a Leo. <laughs> this is so frustrating to watch. Pers- I mean, like, I I can understand why it's so frustrating to watch someone be this poor at putting their finger on what's being said to them. Right. And it's, like, almost like he's listening to, like, key words and not taking in the picture. Right. Do you think he can understand no, I don't think he can. I don't think he would be, I think in order to do what he does, I think you need to be able to lock self-awareness away into a little chest and put a padlock on it. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I mean, you know, I don't feel bad for the guy at all in that capacity, but like, what is that to, to lose the most like crucial development years of your life? Yeah. How is he going to catch up? I don't know. Maybe he'll Logan pull out. Speaking of, I sent you this and I feel like we have to, I have to share this with the audience. So on one of those shitty little gossip things that I read, I saw there was this conversation in the Logan Paul thread about Austin Wallace, our boy, Austin Wallace. Yeah. If you guys don't know who Austin Wallace is, he went viral this year for sneaking into an event and begging Logan Paul for a job, but like had no resume, no skills, like basically blew it. And then he like had a, 
I don't know, long public meltdown online. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So someone wrote, this was on March 6th. I work for the venue he's having his live podcast at today. And the Austin Wallace kid that posted the TikTok crying because he asked Logan for a job, bought a ticket, called us to ask if he was blacklisted. We had no idea who he was, but obviously looked him up after the call and spoke to Logan's security. And he's now banned and will be arrested if he shows up today. Should be interesting. Then they continue on when he was when he originally called and asked if he was blacklisted. It didn't even specify what event he was talking about. We had to pull him. We had to pull it out of him. And even then we were like, we don't know who you are, but did some research and we're like, <laughs> oh, this kid is going to start shit. And then he immediately posted a TikTok after getting off the phone with my manager saying his next video is planned and it's going to be in Ohio. And that was the only reason we even said anything to Logan security. He narked on himself and then outed himself even more. And then at one point, okay, so then he go, at one point I heard my manager go, you were on Dr. Phil? And I was like, LOL, what? And indeed, he went on Dr. Phil about the Logan video. The dude's just milking it. And he did end up showing up, but it was too, but was too much of a pussy to actually try anything. He posted a TikTok in his car and he like zoomed in on our venue. He was monologuing about the only reason why he wanted to go was to tell Logan he's not a little bitch. <laughs> oh, Austin. What? Oh, he really did knock on himself. He really did narc on himself, but I'm worried about him. I didn't know he was on Dr. Phil. Did you know that? I had no idea. No, Dr. Phil's been pulling a lot of like viral people though. Recently, I saw he had that girl on the girl with Tourette's on who's like one of her tics is like, wind it up. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Then where she hits the woe. And (laughs) I mean, she's beloved because of her tics are so iconic. Yeah. I mean, he's had on like more TikTok people recently, but I haven't, I haven't seen, I missed the Dr. Phil Austin Wallace thing. I've just found it. We can put it in the show notes. Yeah. How long 14 is it? 14 minute video. 14. Oh, 14. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll be watching that after this, but yeah, you know, I can't wait to see this documentary. I absolutely no. can't wait. There was one clip of it floating around that's I think it's on the H3 subreddit or something but it's like you know maybe a minute long clip of them they were doing something what's the thing when you are in the water but like you're propelled above it because you're on some sort of like platform that shoots water jets out of the water that I think like isn't Zuck a fan of that that kind of like not the it's not shit like hoverboarding but it's not hoverboarding but yeah yeah. yeah, it's like he was doing that. That actually, by the way, that's really hard. You have to have a lot of great core strength to do that. Cause I've had a friend who did it and it's very difficult, apparently. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I uh I don't know. I, I don't know why I feel so I don't know why I feel so much for David because I do think he's like a bad he's tried to think he's turned into a bad egg. Hmm. But it's sad to watch it happen to someone who well, on one hand, like brought so many people so much joy. You know what I mean? Like there was there was this like excitement that existed around him that seemed so natural when you would yeah. watch his videos, like just the way people would get it was like seeing the Beatles or something. And you don't have that effect on people, especially as like a content creator, unless you're doing something that's like so much so exciting and so much bigger than yourself. Right. And to see there was always going to be a limit 
on what he was going to be able to do. Like it had just ramped up too much. And all of his co-stars are like, you know, arguably like young alcoholics who Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit less ambitious than they should be, but like, will know that like, you know, doing some crazy thing in David's vlog will take care of their mortgage for the next, you know, few months. And yeah, I don't know. I feel bad. I feel bad, but I would love to see the documentary, but I'm, you know, by any means I'm dying to see the documentary. I have no, I mean, like, I think the thing I feel bad about is because it's like, I don't feel bad for him. It's just hard to see someone. It's hard to see someone on top and then see them all the way at the bottom. He's still not at the bottom, but I'll be like pretty close to the goddamn bottom. And, you know, just, mm, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to watch. I don't know. I don't know. I feel I, and especially because I, I did, I think I was like rooting from him from afar. Like I'm so not in his demo, but I always love to see a kid like making their future. That's how I feel about Mr. Beast. Like I'm so happy for him, you know? I was going to say, yeah, your son, Mr. Beast. My son, Mr. Beast. Like I'm just, I could, I'm, you know, grin from ear to ear when I think about him. Cause I'm just like how magical, you know, for that boy that he fucking (laughs) hustled so hard because it is a hustle. You know, anyone who's done that kind of work knows it's a hustle. And yeah, I just, yeah. So this brings us to our last story of the day. Speaking of hustle, Caroline Calloway is now being sued for, I, I read the documents. I was trying to read the documents, but I felt rude. Cause I was at like a thing, mm-hmm. but I was like, I have to read this whole thing. Sorry. But essentially Caroline Calloway's landlord filed a lawsuit because she owes $40,000 in rent mm-hmm. and was illegally subletting out her apart- uh, apartment to Rachel rabbit white. And I think things really escalated because the landlord reached out to Rachel and basically said like, Hey, like you're illegally subletting. And she sent off some profane. I mean, like the, the way that they talk, it almost seemed like the landlord is like more offended by profanity than the damage that was done <laughs> to their building. Did you notice that? Cause it's like, and then there was all this profanity in her thing. And so, I mean, I don't know if, New York state gives a shit about a profanity laden, you know, dispute, but like, I guess Rachel was so hostile when they approached her that they were just like, we have to escalate this. And because these two are shameless and they're sharing of information, there was plenty of information out there that like basically lined up. There was a, an article about it on a website that Rachel had moved into Caroline's place. Caroline herself had said that Rachel was moving in. All of her possessions were removed, which is like another legal thing that basically, you know, implies that like the, like the tenant has vacated. And I believe that it's like the total actually is coming to more like 65,000 because of damages and stuff damages. Yeah. Oh God, the, uh, it's a sidebar, but I'm not sure it is. But the the exhibits being the screenshots of of tweets and like links to TikToks, it, it just does this like visceral fear thing to me that the idea that one day some bullshit that I wrote on the internet would be entered into court evidence. 
Yeah, your tweets can and will be used against you in court. Oh, is my blood run cold? Like if they needed to prove that you were like mentally unwell or nefarious or like, you know, uh, uh, a I liar. Am. <laughs> <Yeah>. I am. <laughs> if they needed to prove that you're a liar, they could absolutely do that through your treat, uh, tweets or mentally unfit or whatever, which feels like such a violation, especially like in a world where like as a, you know, as someone who's co- writes comedy, like I feel like my tweets are not ever fully transparent or serious. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, like, okay. So basically this article that was on patch.com seems to be the, this seems to be the the thing that is the big deal. So in the days after Caroline vacated the space, White chose to move out after seeing her friend's residence in the building had become an unwanted circumstance, Walker said. Walker added that he was never living there. So I think Nico Walker is the name of Rachel's husband. So Walker added that he was never living there and it just happened to be in the city for work. In terms of rent payment, Walker said that White paid $2,900 to the building ownership and sent Patch a receipt of of a text he says shows the landlord telling White where to send the check and a photo of the pay stub of the sent check. So she she was paying more than what the rent was to begin with. But like, can we talk about the fact that like, so how does someone, how does someone not get kicked out after $40,000? Cause that's a whole year of rent. And I think it, I think the reason why her lease was probably even renewed was because of the pandemic. Right. I was thinking exactly the same thing. I don't know what the laws are. I don't know. I, I assume it, maybe it varies from what state to state as well, but I don't know if you could, you couldn't get away with having that much in arrears without somebody coming, kind of knocking your door down. Yeah. Here, here, certainly. I don't know, but you're right. It is over the pandemic too. And I know that there were a lot of kind of like rent forgiveness things and schemes and and bits and pieces. So she also owned like the last rent controlled apartment. She was renting the last rent controlled apartment in the building. And, Mm. you know, like, I think that this is like kind of what people have always wondered, like, and I believe that the lease was first signed, like her, her now deceased father had co-signed on the first lease with her back in like 2014 or something. And I, I'm just like, listen, I'm not, I'm not confused about where the money went personally. I think that like, she's quite clearly as a drug problem. I don't know how, how else she's going to get out of this. Like it's, she's going to have to probably go to rehab and declare bankruptcy and get a job at the mall. Yeah. I think the, um, I think the ride may be over, which is like, again, really sad. It is really sad. I know people and and listen, I I did make a joke about how like, you know, watch like the chronic snarkers like run to the defensive of all people landlords. Mm -hmm. But I do feel badly about the condition that the building was left in. And I feel like that is that's like a headline here. Let me see what some of the comments because there's like 13 replies to this. Let's see. How is she allowed to stay there while owning owing more than 18 months rent? The whole thing sounds very sketchy. I've lived in West Virginia for nearly 50 years and have never. Well, West Virginia is like. <laughs> God bless you. Oh, no. Oh, 
the West Village, not West okay. Virginia. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I find this to be very sad. There's no upside to this. We're going to be linking to the court documents so you can see them in the description of our show. You'll also be able to find the article from patch.com. But yeah, I mean, her, I noticed that Carolina deleted her TikToks, which I thought was really stupid. Oh, had she? Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because I'm, they've already been downloaded and screen recorded and reposted. And it just doesn't look good to be. It doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good to be. Yeah. But like the pictures of the vacant apartment are they're even crazier than what was posted to Instagram. Oh, it's really trashed. Fuck. And just the one spot of where her bed was that she painted around is when you can see what the original flooring looked like it's devastating it's like oh, finding it's, so sad. it's like finding a fucking perfect like tomb underneath this like you know yeah. it's like this you see that just these remnants of like something that was so could have been so beautiful or probably so once was so beautiful yeah. like the kitchen floor there's mud everywhere like the amount of mud and dirt itself is very confusing and these half painted cabinets Mm-mm. Like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I know her dad was a hoarder. I know, I know that that runs mental illness runs in her family, but this is drugs. This is drugs. Like, it has to be. In what mm-hmm. world is this not drugs? Which is, I, that's like the, I don't know, that's the super saddest thing because it does, she's, she's really going through something pretty intense. I think to leave, to leave something in this kind of state is like a, a real reflection of someone's mental state. I think, like, I don't know. Yeah, this isn't a period blood on the sheets. This is a nightmare. Crazy enough, I actually do know what those little red things are that are filling her oven. Those are so I ordered I ordered vinyl floor samples in two colors and you only order one. I think it was quite expensive, too, because I wanted to maybe I'm considering putting down vinyl like a red vinyl floor, like a very chic red vinyl floor in my, on the other half of my downstairs area, because I ripped out the wood in, well, no, because I tore down walls. So there wasn't wood in the kitchen in my house. And the other half I left sort of like natural wood because it has like a cool effect when you, you know, it has a cool effect of like multiple spaces in one space while all being open. And I was thinking about putting down some like a red vinyl floor, just like kind of like a very rich looking red. And, but what she has here are all samples of the same color red. And so I think she was thinking of, of putting down red vinyl flooring with all samples on her floor. Oh God. Yeah. Cause like normally it would come in like a much longer, like tile or sheet or something, but these are all samples. So I don't really know what she was thinking, but like I, what I'm looking at there, that's like, that's like $200 worth of vinyl flooring samples. Wow. God, I'm just looking at that patch where her bed was and that beautiful floor, such lovely original features. I know. And then of course Super. the bathroom still, the bathtub is still filled with bath water with daisies floating on top of it. I mean, the bathroom is like, even though it's kind of trash, this is the only place in the house. that's not devastatingly trashed yes that just needs a fucking good clean basically 
Now what's going on? Do you think with the fridge? Cause there's the fridge. It's all like gray with like, you know, you can see that there was some poetry magnets there. There were some stickers, like various magnets from her travels, but it's so gray that it looks like someone, I don't know, someone who I guess is, I don't know, maybe they're right. Maybe they're very naive. Someone had uh, said that they think that it was gray from candle smoke, but that's yeah, maybe. Don't you think that's just like smoking in the house though? No, but that's yellow. That stains yellow on ceramic. Like a kind of yellowish brown from the nicotine. That's like, that's like fire smoke. I remember when my building was on fire and there was no damage. It was like a building that had lots and lots of apartments in it. And there was no damage to my flat. I didn't think because the fire was actually quite, quite a way away from where my flat was. But because the doors had been open, the smoke had even got in through under the doors the inside of my cabinet like there was marks on the cabinets from this kind of like light coloring of smoke that's like fire smoke there's like been a fire in there yeah what do you think happened I don't know I mean because you'd see there would be other fire damage which is the thing that's kind of sketching me out but it's because it's so the kitchen is so dirty it's really hard to tell if there was like they can't really see under the burner if there was like a fire on the burner and it's also like it's oh it's terrifying me that there's a whole thing of like bin bags and like uh what's that paper called like paper towel yeah Uh, like paper towels like on the stove which is like I know it's not on but like no it's never safe to have on a gas stove it's never safe to leave a roll of paper towels I actually, I actually thought it was really profound that, that there was a whole roll neatly attached to the cabinet above the sink. I was like, oh, yeah. oh. I was like, oh, well, that's nice. If you got some paper towels, I mean, we should be clear if you guys, if you don't have time to go look at the pictures, this place isn't dirty. It's filth. It's filth. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing that if CPS walked in and saw this, they would take your kids. And I know how severe something would have to be for someone. You know what I mean? People say like, oh, that's a CPS thing. No, this is a CPS thing. This is like if there was a child in that place, they would have to take it out because it's filth. Like, mm-hmm. I think another thing that was interesting, too. I mean, this is obviously just people from all over New York, like traipsing into her apartment wearing shoes that are like, you know, kind of wet and muddy. But mm-hmm. I thought another interesting thing in the lawsuit is that this is a safe building. Like this is a secured building. It's supposed to be, and it's not safe to the other tenants in the building as long as Mm-mm. there's these strangers in there. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm sure when they signed her, when they signed Caroline, she was, if anything, probably kind of a, like a lonely NYU student. It didn't seem like she had many friends, at least from what I remember Natalie saying. Like they were kind of both friendless losers. So I don't know you guys. Yeah. But I mean, that might be the end of Caroline Calloway in New York city. She seems to be back in Florida with her mom and her grandma. So yeah, you win, (laughs) (laughs) you guys win, but yeah, no. All right. Well, I think this is like a, a good place to end. Yes. Yeah. And I would say, keep sending in those fun embarrassing internet stories the ones that have come in so far are really funny but iconic um, yeah there's always time to submit more and we're going to do a bonus episode probably where we read a bunch of them and they are really funny so please keep them coming yes make sure you're subscribed to either our patreon or to apple our apple solid listen plus subscription you can it's so easy on 
Apple because you just do, you know, your little face ID and it's done. Mm -hmm. But our Patreon's great too. That's where we have bonus shows from every show on the network as well. So yeah. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We adore you. You're so special to us. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. That look like a double G Every girl in here 10 But it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money But it ain't no guarantee Double G's on the left Double G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013 Shawty do it for the vine Shawty moving real well I might have to wind it down Threw the money to the center Now I watch it hit the flow Now rack it up huh? Rack, rack, rack it up King, bag it up huh? Back, back, bag it up King, stack it up Stack, stack, stack it up She said, where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas And if I drop a pin Best believe that she on the Thought way. She was important, but I'm moving right about the I'm way. Delta cheese tonight. Told the baby I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no THC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like they tell her. Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another? Like the quarterback at recess. No rush. And you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT. White shirt orange like a punk. Mama called me, asked me how college is. And I said, bust. Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.